It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Excited to be joined by David Harrison of Locked On Commanders today. We're getting a little impromptu crossover segment here on Locked On 49ers, Locked On Commanders. Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers with David Harrison of Locked On Commanders. And uh, we didn't get to do this last week, but with the 49ers by, it's still very timely. And just found out Chase Young's going to be wearing jersey number 92. So okay. appreciate you jumping on with me today, David Harrison, to talk about Chase Young and what he meant to the Commanders, how he ended up a San Francisco 49er. Just big picture, really quick, David, from the Commanders' perspective, obviously new ownership, a lot could potentially be changing. I was kind of shocked seeing Sweat and Young get traded. Was it the same mm-hmm. for for you folks around the Commanders? Because uh, it, it sounds like something that could be a long term rebuild happening in Washington. Yeah, I think I think most people around here uh, we expected one of the guys to probably be traded. You know, as the conversations and the rumors you know continue to build. I mean, talking to the two guys in the locker rooms, you know, leading up to the Philadelphia game, and then especially after the Philadelphia game. I mean, Chase. Uh, I think Chase was a little bit more kind of in control of his emotions. You know, he, he sees he's been through some things here in D.C., so he's kind of used to having to answer tough questions and a little bit of dramatics behind uh, what we're talking to him about. But, you know, Montez, you can see that he was, you know, he was emotional. You know what I mean? Uh, following the loss of the Eagles, he was the last player off the field. Uh, and that's never, you know, that's never something that you, you see in Montez. Um, and then just talking to him after the game, you know, it, it was he was still answering the questions as a, as a what if. But there were there was more of a when it happens tone uh, to things. I think most people expected Montez Sweat to be the one traded. Uh, to be quite honest with you, because he was going to fetch more uh, in compensation, so you would still have one defensive end in Chase Young, who you know obviously has the really high ceiling and the athletic you know tools to be to be a great pass rusher in the league. But then you would also get the better draft compensation by moving Montez Sweat, and essentially the decision that everyone was dreading in the offseason of which one do you sign, which one do you not sign, because the assumption is that you're not going to be able to pay both of those guys, you know, around or or north of twenty million dollars that they're going to want um, would basically be made for you, and either Chase Young would get re-signed, franchise tagged, or you know, worst case scenario, he would he would not pan out, and they would let him walk and and wait for a compensatory pick in twenty twenty five. But the team. Decided to move uh, both of them, you know, and, and and there's there's some 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 reasons that you might think that they did move both of them, and some reasons why people might disagree with with moving both of them. But at the end of the day, uh, both men are, are moving on, and yeah, the Washington Commanders are, are shifting the way that they're building their roster. I don't think it's a full rebuild. I think I would call it more of a of a, of a refocusing. I, I would I would think of of how they're going to dedicate their resources moving forward. Okay, went with a different re. Uh, I thought you were gonna say retools, refocusing. I like that. Yeah. That's you should be on the PR team for for Washington yeah. fans. Are like, what the hell are you guys doing right now, trading these players? Um, so and Montez Sweat as recent as uh, you know since then resigned with the uh, with the uh, with the Chicago Bears and, and nice contract for Montez Sweat. And Montez Sweat's a good player. Um, you know the ceiling might not be as high as someone like Chase Young, as you mentioned, and you know he's been a good pass rusher, really good against the run, sort of a complete player. My question would be, how is Montez Sweat so much more valuable to the commanders or other teams, obviously, around the league to have a, 
a high second round pick valuation or a very late comp pick third round valuation in trade for a guy who not that long ago was the number two pick in the NFL draft. So how is how is that value so different between those two players and what went wrong with Chase Young that he's not worth more than a late third round pick for another team in the fourth year of his rookie contract? Yeah, you know, I think I think number one, uh, consistency is going to be the reason behind that. You know, uh, obviously health is is a concern. Chase, uh, when he when he when he when he injured his knee uh, in 2021 and ended up taking him more than a year uh, to come back and 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 lost in the mix of that. A lot of those conversations is the fact that he actually had two knee surgeries um, when they when they repaired the injured knee. You know, they hear they heard against the Buccaneers. There was also damage in the other knee that they went ahead and. Uh, and they did some grafting and they did some repairing and and did a whole bunch of stuff. So he wasn't just rehabbing one knee surgery. He was rehabbing two. And I mean, when you think about it, when you're when you're rehabbing two knee surgeries, there is a longer period of time where you're doing nothing because you don't have a strong leg to lean on to start rehabbing the injured leg. You now have two injured legs. There's there's no you know, there's no third leg uh, to to use to 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 be able to rehab those two injuries. So I think that contributed to it. You know, there were obviously reports of of setbacks and stuff while he was training with Von Miller that nobody here was able, ever able to corroborate. So it still lives in the land of rumor. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he came back for a little bit at the end of 2022, but really coming into the season, Chase looked the, the physically, he looked better than I've ever seen him uh, in the national football league. And that was really exciting. And he seemed like his spirits were up, but you know, regardless of that ceiling and, and all that stuff, Montez Sweat, he's he's had a few, you know, dings and, and dents here and there. He missed some time with COVID. He had he had a family loss, unfortunately, that cost him some time uh, a couple of years ago. But for the most part, he's been the much more available player. And and Brian, you know, as, as well as anybody that, you know, you have the greatest talent in the world on your roster. But if they're not on the field, it doesn't really do you a, a whole lot of good. So I think that's that's honestly I think that's reason number one why they were able to get more for Montez. Because when you when you look at him, you're the Chicago Bears, you kind of know what you're getting. Now, at the same time, you also know what you're getting. Like you said, I think Tez is kind of more so, more than less, more more so than, than not. I think he's kind of reached his ceiling. I think we we kind of just know who Montez Sweat is is going to be, and that's not bad. But with Chase Young, you still see the potential for for growth there. And and you know, if San Francisco can tap into what remaining growth he has this season, you know, I don't know what their plans are long term. That's something I'm interested to hear from from you, but. If, if even just for this season, if they can tap into more of that potential than, than Washington was able to, then they've got themselves a pretty good pass rusher. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, consistency is so important. Um, you, you said something there which was interesting because you're talking about his injuries, and I didn't even know about the second knee injury. So that's that's fascinating and could obviously and is the big reason why it took him a little bit longer to come back. But you said physically he looked at the best he'd been in the National Football League. So do you think he's back physically? Because that was something I was worried about. I was like, okay, former number two overall pick, but if the injury was so devastating that he's not that guy anymore, then that should probably alter some of the expectations the 49ers and 49ers fans have about what Chase Young could be the rest of the season. 
Yeah, you know, physically, I think he's great. I, I think he's fine physically, you know, and and, and I was really excited for him. I, I'm still excited for him. I don't want to say I, I was like I'm not anymore. Like I'm still excited for him uh, to to be in the in the physical condition that he is, and I think that's that's really important for him. Um, I think the reason though that you end up seeing him, you know, moved on from Washington, like I said, one one it's it's the reallocation of 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 of, uh, of money and, and draft picks. You know yeah. what I mean? They have four first-round picks on the defensive line alone, six first-round picks in their defense. And let's be all be honest, their defense is not playing like a defense with six first-round picks. And so now you have you face the prospect of dumping, I would say dumping, but but investing, you know, 30 to 40 million more dollars and trying to keep these two uh in the offseason. And and granted, you got north of 80 million dollars in cap space to work with, but do you want to spend half of that on two guys on a defensive line? That's one of the worst defenses in the NFL. That doesn't make a lot of business sense. And Josh Harris, the new owner of the Commanders, he's a businessman first and foremost. So, I think that's really the biggest, the biggest push to to get this done. And then also you get that third round. It's a compensatory pick, right, from the 49ers. So you get a third round pick back, uh, but you don't get a 2025 third round compensatory pick. You get a 2024 compensatory pick. And let's be honest, that compensatory pick they're getting is ahead of any compensatory pick they would have even gotten in 2025, you know, numerically. Um, so, so that's, the, I think that's the biggest reason. And then of course there's the reports, uh, you know, and I hate this part of our, our journalistic, uh, community, but when guys leave, there tend to be reports here and there that come out that for whatever reason, didn't come out beforehand of, uh, maybe chase wasn't, you know, clicking with the coaching staff. Maybe wasn't clicking within Jack Del Rio's defensive scheme, doing a little bit of freelancing. And I'm not going to say that none of that is true. Um, but I don't think that's the biggest reason that this move was made. Um, and I think that, you know, chase young, having the opportunity to go to another team that's a contender. I mean, playing for contenders always kind of makes guys toe the line a little bit, a little bit easier, you know, when you like, that's why so many people yeah. go to Bill Belichick and then have a lesser attitude issue that maybe they had elsewhere. Cause I might get a Lombardi, um, but also play with this guy, Nick Bosa, you know, like Nick is, is, is a leader on that team and, and he knows chase. He knows how to talk to chase. He knows how to work with chase. So if chase for whatever reason does try to go outside the script, Nick is going to know how to say, Hey buddy, like, you need to you need to you know follow the rules of my house because this is where you are now. Yeah, expectations are different with the 49ers. Um, and you know, it was already a really good defensive line, so it's not like he's gonna get less attention with the 49ers defensive line because there was already so talented where he was. But Nick Bosa stayed back in Santa Clara with Chase Young to try to get him ready after the bye to to jump in. And I'm sure he could play a full complement of snaps if the coaching staff wants him to in week 10 after that bye, after being uh, traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, it's really interesting what you said there because, yeah, the, the reports from Mike Silver of the Chronicle locally and you said they came, they came from Washington Commanders coaches. So I don't know if it's sour grapes. It, it's hard to lean too much into that with anonymous quotes, but it said it came from Washington's coaching staff. And when you look at, you know, high picks that are busts, and, I, you know, I, I'm sure there's some people that called Chase Young certain things uh, about whether he was a bust or disappointing or whatever. It's, it's generally you should – be worth more than a late third round pick if you're a defensive end drafted number two overall, you know, during your rookie contract. So, you know, somewhat disappointing how his career went. And if you look at historically busts in the NFL, it's, you know, injuries or motivation, you know? So uh, it was like, okay, maybe that's the part of it then, you know, effort and motivation just from an effort standpoint, like just watching the film, watching him play. Uh, has, has that been something you noticed where it's like, Oh, he's, he's not really even trying to, you know, hold up against the run he's not a he doesn't have that dog in him right is that something you noticed 
Yeah, you know, the, the, the criticism, talking about the Mike Silver report, the criticism of Chase Young, you know, for in those specific aspects, like that's, it's not really new. It's just being presented in a new way because of all the, the trades that, that happened and everything. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you go back to 2021, I want to I say, I think it was like early 2021, maybe even late 2020, Jack Del Rio was making comments publicly about certain members of the defense playing off script, freelancing, trying to be the hero instead of just doing their job. And, you know, he never said, I'm talking about Chase Young, but a lot of connections were made to chase young and and that's where you hope that he takes that next step with the san francisco 49ers and i truly believe he's going to take that next step with the 49ers and then whether or not he stays there in 2024 or moves on you know i think that's going to help him moving forward in his career uh because when you turn on the tape there are times you know i've always kind of said chase young picks and chooses uh when he wants to be full chase and when he wants to be half chase you know and and there are there are situations where you turn on the all 22 and and you see him, he gets, if he gets stopped on his first move, he doesn't really go to a second move, doesn't keep the legs churning. He kind of stops. And, and you know, if, if you just see it once or twice, you kind of look at it like, oh, well, he's just turning himself into like a spy. So he could knock the pass down or maybe chase the quarterback. And, you know, sure. Uh, but the amount of times that you see it on tape, uh, that's not what it is. And, and that's not the the scheme. And, you know, when you see guys like James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill come in, they're not executing the same thing. Montez Sweat on the opposite side isn't doing the same thing. So when you have one defensive end out of a group of five, six, seven on tape that are that is doing the the anomaly, typically means that that guy is the anomaly, not the scheme uh, being the anomaly. But again, you know that bus label. I mean, it's going to be there. You know, he didn't make it to to the end of his rookie year, so that's something that he's going to have to own. And, and what I hope is that both sides, the organization realizes there there are some systemic failures in their part because this isn't a player that Ron Rivera's regime inherited this was their first first round pick you know what i mean um so i hope the organization acknowledges the mistakes that they made in this process but also my uh not montez chase comes out of it and, and accepts and owns his part of why this didn't work out uh in washington as well because that's the, the way he's going to become a better player in san francisco because we all expect him to ball out in, in in san francisco and for the conversation to then turn into oh man look how terrible the commander's coaches are because this no. is a real chase young that we're now seeing but i think a combination of having that embarrassment to carry of being traded before the end of your first rookie deal or your rookie deal, um, the injury, the, the the chip on your shoulder of being counted out, uh, and then, of course, being on a contender. I think those three things alone uh, should be a catalyst for us to see a better version of Chase Young. And, you know, while Commanders fans are going to be frustrated for just because of the guy, I'm super excited to see if if that's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm even more excited to to watch number 92 play for the 49ers now after talking with you, David, than than before, because, you know, if he's still that prospect and that's still in there and um, motivation is huge. And at the same time, like how many times have you ever heard about a guy who could go crazy for four months and earn 50, 100 extra million dollars, you know, compared <laughs> to what he might get? You know, it's pretty amazing yeah. the situation he's in. And I don't know if he's in the long term plans for the 49ers probably remains to be seen. But you mentioned the compensation. I think it just made sense for the 49ers too to say, OK, look, if it's going to we have extra picks. We have extra comp picks. We can send a comp pick and maybe he walks and you know, that 2025 comp pick you talked about, we get one later anyway. I mean, that's well yeah. worth it for a team that's trying to compete right now. So I guess that's how they landed on the compensation. And uh, I would have thought Chase Young would have gotten more. And I'm also mm -hmm. still shocked that Washington traded both of those guys. And I thought, man, this must be buyer beware if they're willing to move on from, from Chase Young and, and don't want to see this out and maybe sign him again. But talking to you, uh, knowing that the uh, yeah athleticism and explosion is still there. I mean, that's exciting. That's got to be super exciting for, for 40, 49ers fans, man. So uh, I can't wait till I see Chase Young on the field, see what he can be for the San Francisco 49ers. And 
David, always a pleasure chatting with you. Appreciate you jumping on and giving some insight to our listeners about the newest San Francisco 49er and Chase Young. Yes, sir. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.